Thanks for joining us for the February 10th, uh, 2023 episode of Dan Excelsior, the Mostly Marvel podcast. I'm Dennis, and I'll be your host as we recap the latest super news that caught our attention across the multiverse. Uh, But as the show title suggests, it'll probably be mostly Marvel. Uh, Later in this episode, we'll be putting a spotlight on the 2015 uh, Ant-Man movie. But before that, we'll be getting in some QA with the gang that signed on to watch it with me. For those of you tuning in, uh, don't be shy. We love hearing from you in the comments. And if you can't get enough of us, uh, you know, you should uh, visit patreon.com slash denxmedia, where you'll find a variety of creative offerings, including recent episodes of our live after show, The Soapbox. Uh, Patrons get exclusive access to chat with us, but if that's not your thing, don't worry, we release it to the public at a later date. Uh, Okay, I got those formalities out of the way. I always got to do it. now that that's that's out of the way, let's get everyone out here. First up, let's see if he likes this one. He's the Stimpy to my Ren. It's Ricky. I never really liked that show as a kid. It just always looked <laughs> sticky. It was a sticky looking show. It looked sticky. Am I wrong? I, I mean, there's 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 a lot of boogers and stuff like that yeah, for sure. Like a gross show. All right, I'll, I'll clean boy. I'll, uh, I mean, I thought I thought it was a pretty good comparison, but <laughs> we'll see. All right, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get our other guest out here, uh, or our our guest out here, so that we're he's not sitting in the back just laughing at you right now. Uh, all right, next up, if you need an overly thought out D and D character for your campaign, just name the time and place, and he'll be there. It's Jason. <laughs> it's like that. I, I was hoping for the intro of something like I'm the. I'm the Dr. Dre to your MC Ren. I thought that would have been cool, but I'll take it. Does that imply there's beef? Right? I mean, Dennis and I have been known to go at it, but I, I still love to do it. That's a crime from one perspective. Wait, when you say go at it, what do you mean? Yes, I do. Yes, I do, sir. Nice. That's what I mean. Welcome back to the show, man. Thanks, uh, man. Two things. One, Ricky, um, I don't. I, I. I. think I failed to mention this last week, uh, but you know how I number these episodes and stuff. And and uh, yeah, yeah, you know this show. Before this show, there was the the Mandalorian podcast. Um, do you know that we've done over a hundred episodes? Of, really? Of, Have we hit that mark? We did. We actually hit wow. it last week or two weeks ago. Unless Very you cool. count. Unless you count the. Uh, yeah, I mean. Those are videos, but if you I mean, count that's the... more of a testament to you. I've only been a part of a fraction of those. No, you've been part of all of them. I was all for all of spoken, but I've, I haven't done every episode of this show. Uh, okay, sure. You've maybe missed like three three episodes uh, ever. I missed a few. Count. Take 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 the credit. Just take the credit. Uh, but then while I was looking back, because I, I like to try and find thumbnails, I realized, Coker, Coke, you haven't been on this show for like a hot minute, man. We have been a while. It's been, it was like episode 37, and we're on episode 87. Or did right we now. have Coker for Falcon? That... Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think, was one of the wow. last times you were on okay. the show. This is number three for me, I think. I mean, right. you did a lot in that first. That first I remember having year. you on Mando. Yeah. Definitely yeah, did we did, yeah, we did a Mando, and I think we did. There was something. There, there was something. The first one was it Loki? Did you do a Loki? I don't remember. I think it was pre Loki. It was. It was. It was fairly early. WandaVision. And, WandaVision. Yeah, 
was it? I think he did a WandaVision. Maybe not. Maybe. I'm not sure. I still haven't watched that whole series. But uh, yeah, it's pretty It's pretty funny. Like we try and get a lot of guests on, you know, rec- to be a recurring kind of thing. But it's like, for some reason, Ricky just had a ban on you for like a year, a solid mm-hmm. year. He's like, I mean, our, our, our grief, you know, the, the beef between Ricky and I has never really been a secret. But um, I mean, the bottom line is he wishes he could quit me, but he can't. It's just how it is, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's an executive override on you being a guest today. So, thank you, executive Dennis. override. <laughs> um, with that said, I mean, I don't really need to catch up with you because I see you pretty much every week. Uh, but uh, for you know anyone listening, like, what have you been nerding out on lately? Uh, I'm 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 on that Hogwarts man. I'm playing oh, yeah? Hogwarts Legacy. I haven't been going as hard in the paint as I would like to because because time and life, but uh, it is, uh, uh, it's very impressive. I would recommend that people stay away from the hype because it's, it tends to be either this game is the second coming um, or it is reinventing gaming and there's never been anything like it or something kind of extreme. It, in my opinion, it's a very good game so far, but I, I think people should avoid listening to too much hype and just check it out. So here's the question. If you don't like Harry Potter, mm-hmm. is it a good game? I think so, yeah. I mean, if you like um, action RPGs, you know, if you like um, uh, creating objects, uh, you know, um, like there's there's potion making, um, there's just all kinds of really cool combat and, and interesting spells that are not necessarily tied to, I mean, there's the school is the Harry Potter thing. But there's magic, there's crafting, there's really cool kind of RPG staples in the game that I like. I mean, I'm not the most hardcore Harry Potter person. I haven't read all the books. I haven't seen all the movies, but it's uh, it's pretty slick. I'm enjoying it. All right. I, okay. I used to, in grade school, watch the movies and then take the, the star reading tests to see if I can get the points, and I never passed. Oh, snap. So. Oh, snap. <laughs> Reading is was, fundamental, Rick. Was that due to like a deficiency or something? <laughs> Have you been diagnosed? I haven't. And I mean, I never really enjoyed reading. And as I grew older, I think uh, there may have been a condition that was missed. Mm-hmm. Oh, snap. I definitely think there was at least one condition. Yeah. Yeah. But you are the same Tim I ran. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about you, Ricky? What have you been nerding out on? I just watched uh, The Last of Us that came out today. Uh, they pushed it up to Friday due to the the big game, right? Oh, you they did? The other thing. Yeah, it's out they right did? now. Oh, wow. man. Um, I get why they moved it up because zero viewership. A, a downer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, have, you, um, have you been watching that show, Coke? I watched the first episode and then I, I hit the brakes because I want to watch it with my daughters. Um, and oh, no. one has one of one watched the first episode, and then we'll we'll uh, I'll start from the second episode when the when the other daughter watches it probably tomorrow. Hopefully, tomorrow. well, now you got me excited to get this show over with really quick, Ricky, so that we it's can. Pretty, I mean, it's there. It hasn't hasn't missed that show. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's definitely uh, like the game, not a very bright, <laughs> a bright piece of media. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what I, I did enjoy the one episode that I've seen I thoroughly enjoyed because I was I was just mapping stuff one to one 
from the game into the day was mind blowing yeah. how much yeah. they they really yeah. captured the only person on here with a daughter. Yes, I can imagine. I think the either the first the first or second episode is directed by the guy who one of the, the guys who created the game. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's really it's really cool. Uh I I thoroughly am enjoying that show as well. Uh obviously episode four was not as powerful for me as episode three. Um episode three will go down as one of the greatest pieces of TV media of twenty twenty three for sure. Whoa. Whoa. Um yes. Yeah, no, it, it is it is that good. Um it is that I, good. Yeah. I also watched the assembled uh right that's what they called the making of of wakanda forever yeah mm-hmm. um equally as good um they really kind of dissect a lot of the creative choices they made with no more and and just you know with the the whole situation uh with losing chadwick, with chadwick yeah um it's, it's really fascinating because you see like the you know obviously there's a lot of grief there but you also are tasked with making a movie and yeah, you know, sometimes those things can't can't go hand in hand. But they can. You can use the grief. You can yeah. use it to make something beautiful, which mm-hmm. I think that movie is something really beautiful. Have you seen it, Coker? Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a beautiful dedication to him. Um, yeah, I saw a couple of interviews with some of the actors, and they they talked about it and said, you know, they did give them room to grieve, um, but making the movie was also part of the grieving process for a lot of them, which yeah. I thought was was pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's a. I have not rewatched it yet on on uh, Disney Plus. I, I haven't I, either. Got to do that. I've been meaning to, um, but I've just been busy binging. I'm still binging that '70s show, man. I can't stop. <laughs> uh, I finally got to the last season, which is really awkward because, like, the main character left the show. Like, um, uh, Topher Grace left the show, mm-hmm. and they replaced him with a, a new character. That's played by. I found out it's Seth Meyers' younger brother, um, oh, and he's just some random guy named Randy. And I'm like, well, now I'm not as interested in watching this anymore. Like, I got, oh, I got, Randy. I got hooked on it because of uh, that '90s show. If uh, and I rewatched '70s show, and it's actually way better than I remember it being. Um, but yeah, I, I might finish it sometime soon. But today, I actually picked up uh, the first episode of the new season of You. Uh, uh, I love that show. Yeah. I love that show so much, and mm. I feel gross about how much I love that show. <laughs> Do you know what that show is, Coker? I, I just know the name. I haven't seen it. I don't uh, know anything about it. It's about a guy that's just like obsesses over women and ends up killing a lot of people to try and. It's kind of like Dexter, but without any. Uh, I guess positive attributes i don't know like it's it's is this your your biopic like horny yeah, dexter yeah yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah it's like it's like horny dexter i guess yeah um i don't know i i love it it's on netflix um but it, it just it just came back season 4 and he's moved to europe because like he's burned basically his entire life in america and now he's starting it all over again obsessing over a new person and it's really big names cool. in it uh no not really big names in it um but like pen pen bad pen badgley i think is, is the yeah. character's name and there's a lot of rumors that uh he might be 
Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. And wow. that would be fantastic because I think he's a great actor. Nice. And he's also really great at playing a cold sociopath. So, uh, which is pretty, pretty on point for Mr. Fantastic. Before, so. After uh, last bit of news for me, after three years, I finally got a win in Call of Duty Warzone. I did it with my <laughs> nice. team. Nice. It took, it's so much harder to get a win in that game than Fortnite. And I I felt like you can just feel it coming on when there's like 10 people left and we did it. And there were cheers emanating from my mic and in my household about this that's, accomplishment. That's hilarious. Awesome. Three Congratulations. <laughs> uh, with that, with the, uh, with the chit chat out of the way, I think you want to, you want to get to some, uh, some nerdy news. Let's get some nerdy. Woo. First on the docket. What the hell am I looking at? You're looking at Marvel's moon girl, uh, soon to be coming, uh, to, uh, Disneyland near you. That's Moon Word. Girl. It is Moon, Moon Girl. Girl isn't she's it? based off the upcoming show that's, I believe, due out at the beginning of next month. Um, the Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur show. Um, interesting thing to note is she will be available for photos in the Hollywood portion of California Adventure, not in Avengers Campus, uh, because she's not an Avenger. So she's been relegated to the Hollywood side. Awkward. Um, but. Nonetheless, superheroes in the park always cool. Uh, are, are they gonna get a devil dinosaur to go around with her? No, he's too expensive. Okay, fine, but not too expensive for Amazon. A Spider Man Norar uh show is in the works for Prime Video live, a live action. action, live action. Uh, Spider Man that doesn't have anything to do with Peter Parker. Correct, the series will be based in the 1930s, take place in its cool. own universe. And will not feature uh, Peter Parker, which Live is weird action. because that's literally who Spider-Man Noir is. It's a Peter Parker. Yes. Like, what if they spell it weird? No, it's spelled Peter Parker. What if they call him Parker Peter? I mean, I, I, I. We'll see. It's just like, the what whole is life. what is Spider-Man Noir? Any like, is he just a Spider-Man in the thirties, or does he yes. have a different power set? No, same power set. It's just like, what if Peter Parker uh, existed in the 30s instead of now? And like, and not just him, but his entire rogues gallery, you know, like, and so it's just a lot of reinterpretations in that noir aesthetic. That's all it is. It was really just an Elseworlds kind of story to just like reimagine what everybody would look like and function like in, uh, you know, a pulpy, you know, black and white kind of uh, noir story. and. And so this 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 one doesn't know how to make web shooters, but he does know how to rock some pistols. Um, oh, so wow. he's you know he's got he's got guns and and he's got he's got wall crawling and super strength. But well, it is Peter Parker. It is. Pivoting to Noir real quick, I just saw this come in right before we started recording. Um, the form baby returns with Dick Tracy in a. Uh, TMC special today. What? <laughs> yeah, this just came out. I honestly, I just saw, saw this up. Um, 
but apparently TMZ or TMC TCM sorry Turner Classic Movies oh he's doing a sequel or wait or he's it seems like it's like an interview with Warren Beatty but he's in character as Dick Tracy okay um well you said TCM or WTF I'm confused. Yeah, um, I think they're both depending on what uh, service you subscribe to. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but I don't always know love what, for that movie know, here. I don't know what we're supposed to say to that. Uh, I mean, aren't we all Dick Tracy fans? I do love that movie. It's great, but I don't know. I like how old is Warren Beatty now? He's like eighty something, ninety. Yeah, he's, he's pretty old. I, I don't want to. I don't want to see an eighty-five-year-old Dick Tracy. No, that that would pull you out of the uh, the magic. Yeah. For sure. Well, let's bring you, you back in. Wait, what is what Coke? Do you have anything to say about any of the weird things that Ricky's shown us? <laughs> Ricky's just kind of so trucking through. I've said it before, and I'll throw in the disclaimer on this one. Also, I'm not like hardcore comic Marvel dude. I enjoy entertainment. Um, I enjoy the 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 pop culture aspects of the universe that that um you know is the movies and. The, the TV programming, but I, I don't have the deep knowledge and I don't know who moon girl is, but when that image popped up on the screen, I instantly thought, Oh, is this, why, why is Ricky showing a new Sesame street character? It did look like Sesame street. Didn't Big it? time, bro. It's a kid's TV show. Okay. Okay. I was, yeah, I was waiting for it's, her to teach me to spell. Yeah. It's going to be a kid's TV show and it's based off this weird character that uh, is one of the smartest girls on the planet who forms a telepathic relationship with a giant red T-Rex. Yeah. Um, and, well, yeah. I think Lawrence Fishburne plays the Beyonder, or voices the Beyonder in that show. Okay. Oh, wow. With that. But... Okay. Okay. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to knock it. I'll watch it just to see what it's like. But Do a show about it. Yeah. Yeah, that one, that's... Uh interesting i think i don't think my daughters are young enough for it but um i i'd give it a shot because i just i like so much of what's being done in the marvel universe i will give it all a chance you don't have to watch modok though another one i don't know or hit monkey pretty pretty terrible well well, dennis will you give these toys a chance i already did i gave these (laughs) toys a chance there are you you sprung on the eight inch cassie lang well, she's a build a figure, so I don't have to. I don't have to worry about it. Uh, yeah, some mo- new Marvel Legends got uh, announced and uh, revealed for pre order yesterday. I was quite shocked, though, the ship date on these. Uh, this is the Ant Man and the uh, and the Wasp Quantum Mania series. Uh, the ship date is August. Well, this I'm movie like, was supposed to come out later, right? Oh, this movie okay. got pushed up. All right, because like. It's a big missed opportunity whenever you don't have the toys on shelves right now. You know this what I mean? It's real weird. And so these toys come out in August. It's a mixed uh, wave. It's it's a it's got a half assortment of comic book characters and a half assortment of movie figures. Uh, some comic ones include Crossfire, who is basically just Marvel's r- version of Death Deadshot. 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 Yeah. Deadshot, and then it's got Future Ant-Man, which I don't know anything about it other than what the title suggests, which is Future Ant-Man. It's got a re-release of the Ultron figure from last year. Different year's. head, though. Uh, I think it's a different head, yeah. Different head, different paint. Yeah, and then it's got Egghead, who is like 
just as ridiculous looking as that. I mean, my wife looked at that and she's like, who's that egghead guy? And I'm like, that's literally who he is. <laughs> it egghead. really is egghead. Wow. Yeah. He's a villain. As seen in Ant-Man and the Wasp. No, these are these are all comic figures. And then uh, switching gears, the movie figures. Obviously, if you're going to have an Ant-Man movie and a Wasp movie, you got to have Ant-Man and Wasp figures. And look at the likeness on that Evangeline Lilly. That is amazing. That's pretty the Paul impressive. Rudd doesn't look stupid either. The Paul Rudd looks all right, but that Evangeline Lilly face printing technology is nuts. Uh, and then they have to round it out. There he is, Kang, the Kang figure. Good looking Kang. And if you collect them all, you build a figure and you get a, a giant sized version of Cassie Lang, aka Stinger. But we know her also in the comics as Stature. I was pretty surprised that her builder figure comes with multiple hands and the the head. Yeah, it comes with two heads. Um, I think it's just for, you know, they, they recognize the toy photography game is pretty big. Uh, I think it's funny that, you know, if since we all know we watched Ant-Man, uh, you can't grow or shrink with the helmet off. Uh, but they still wanted to give you a giant size version of the character with the ability to have the actress's face. Uh, probably just for photography purposes, because um, you could do some funny, you know, forced perspective stuff to make her look the appropriate size. But that is her standing next to Ant-Man. And she looks about I'm going to say she's about a 12 inch figure when you put her all together, which is cool. But you know that they get way bigger than that proportionally in the in the movies. But whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I get a big giant character out of it. And that's cool. Um, cool. You'll probably yeah. get some good mileage out of that king. That king is amazing looking dude i can't even stress how cool. awesome he looks um i am so excited for this entire phase of marvel that's just gonna have this guy just showing everybody all the sides of kang that i want to see it's gonna be great um yeah i'm excited but those are available for pre-order as of yesterday i think and yeah august that's so rough. That's right. What, what came in recently? I did. What's up? What what uh, new ones did you get recently? Or that has shipped to you recently? Oh, uh, the retro X Men wave has been shipping lately. Is that the blob? Uh, no, it's like the, the spiral and uh, okay, multiple, yeah, yeah, multiple yeah. man and Dark Phoenix and stuff like that. Yeah, I got three of them in the mail, and I have the other three coming. Um, it's six figures. Um, but yeah, Three uh, I got more than one multiple man, of course, because you can't not get one. <laughs> you can't get one multiple man. You have to get more than one multiple man. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a it's a crazy time to be a Marvel Legends collector because uh, they actually Dan Yoon from the marketing team actually tweeted today. Uh, that's not enough. Look out for more Marvel Legends next week. And I'm like, guys, you can't. You're going to get a Modar. You're you can't drop a wave on us this week and then tell us next week there's another one. Like The announcement was, hey, Dennis, give me all your money. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much where it is. Uh, but yeah, time will tell if there's going to be a MODOK in, uh, like, included as, like, a standalone or whatever. Because, the you know, if you've seen the trailer for Quantumania, there is something that looks like a MODOK in there. Um 
And so people are hoping that we get it in toy form. I'm sorry, man. I don't know who Modoc is. How is that spelled? I want to look this. M O D O K. He is the mental organism designed only for killing. Oh, I actually have seen this. Was that before? Was that Ricky? Is it mental or mechanical? Mental organism designed only for killing. Yeah. Did you play the Avengers game, Coker? Uh, no, I mean, I've, okay. I've barely barely started it. Just play that campaign. That game soon to be free, right or cheap, and uh, it's a good two to three or three hours about, and you'll learn everything you need to know about Budok. Okay. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's he's not wrong. It's a work. weird looking Modok though in that game, but sure. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh. Yeah, we keep saying Modok, and I apologize for not explaining to you. Uh, Modok is a weird character that is a, it looks like Humpty Dumpty uh, turned into a villain, basically. More so than Egghead. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, the rumor is, uh, I mean, I don't know if we're spoiling or not, but the rumor is that Modok in the MCU will actually be be Darren Cross, who we last saw get sucked into the quantum realm at the yeah. end of the first Ant-Man movie. Um, so he's been super deformed and turned into that in the quantum realm. We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Uh, who knows? Wait, Ricky knows, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean... I have a picture on deck if you want to show it. <laughs> <laughs> well, since well, you brought it up, I was I was looking up people from the movie and um, I can't think of his name. Oh, uh, Corey Stoll, who plays Darren uh, Cross. Cross, yeah, he's he's got a credit in Quantumania, but it, I mean, it could be a flashback, could be anything, but he's in, he's got a credit for it. Or he could be as Modok. Yeah, you know, it's in his writer. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and you know, I, I know we're jumping the gun, uh, but. I wouldn't mind, like, you know, I know they take a lot of liberties with the MCU, like, versions of char- of characters and stuff. And honestly, like, I felt I felt like he got done dirty the way the Red Skull got dir- done dirty at the end of Captain America, right? Where, like, the villain just goes off and disappears and, like, did he die? Or is he just, like, on deck for something? That's called efficient writing. <laughs> yeah, but it's not at the time. At the time, it's like that's a really gross, lame way to to like send out your your villain. But anyways, I don't want to get to that quite yet because we still got we get got time. We gotta we gotta breathe. We gotta let it breathe. We gotta hang out with Coke for a little bit. Um, was there there was no more news besides no, that? No more news. What about, what about uh, the news? I, I read I read recently that uh, Wakanda Forever is the most streamed. Disney Plus premiere uh, Marvel movie to date. That is a fact. Um, is it like about, one billion to one or something? I don't like think that? they put out a number, right? No, I don't. I don't think they'll never put out a streaming number. But yeah, who would have guessed Wakanda Forever um, doing well on Disney Plus? Yeah. Also, Disney is laying off seven thousand employees. Yeah. That's awkward. Yeah, they also yeah. kind of. The, the the thing now, they are quite the thing right now. Every they're in vogue. Yeah, Hasbro did it a few weeks ago too. Uh, lots of big companies are doing that, and it's just it's pretty gross. It's pretty gross. Yeah. But you know, 
we're not employees of them, so we can just keep doing whatever the hell we want. Yeah. Keep keep watching Wakanda forever. Uh, do you, Coke, are you interested in doing a round of Q&A? Sure. All right. Sure. I'm always down for TNA. I have, no, 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 no. That's what? on the soapbox, sir. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess I'll do this too then, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got something prepared for you, so here we go. From across the interwebs, uh, okay. some some uh, some questions that people want to know have have been sent in. Uh, they're they're mostly for Coke, but uh, everybody's willing to everybody's uh, welcome to answer as well. So here we go. The first comes from at Harrison Board. How many characters you got? Uh, is this somebody who knows me? Because that's uh. That's a scary question. How many? All right, so I'm I'm opening up D and D Beyond right now, clicking oh, on God. my characters, and I'm a subscriber, so I can I can uh, I can have an unlimited number. But I have now. You got to understand, this includes some duplicates. Sometimes when I when I'm going to level up, I'll make a copy of my character, and then I'll experiment. You, and then you scum I, save your D and D characters. I do. I usually delete them. So some, but but sometimes I don't. Some of these are duplicates. But I currently have 161 characters in uh, in D and D Beyond. You know what? I got a follow up to that because I think the context needs to be added. Sure, Mister Coke. When yes. did you start playing D and D in your life? Why you gotta bring that up, man? Why you gotta bring that up? Um. Can I give you the history first? Sure, then, please do. Okay, please do. So when I was in seventh grade, uh, a guy I went to school with, Ron Riley, rest in peace, he passed away a few years ago. Um, he tried to get me to to come by and play some D and D. So I said, "Hey, let's do it." I'd already always heard about it, was always interested in it. So ended up going over to his house. We went down to the basement. Everything was set up. Uh, he and some other fellas got into a big argument. The game fell apart. Never happened. I did not play D&D after that. Fast forward a, a few decades, and I was working at Rockstar San Diego. Some people said, hey, we want to get a game together. Uh, let's play some D&D. And I said, I want to try it. Um, Ron had actually passed away not too long before, and it was kind of like, man, I'm feeling this, you know, little tribute to my man too um so i jumped in and played my first game of DD in late 2018 <laughs> so it's just been a couple of years that i've been playing and you have 161 characters it's like five yeah, years making characters is fun dude it's so fun it's I'm so not fun shame you go that's a, that's you. a reasonable I'm amount of time gaming you i'm just like mm, wow you're i'm in you're i think i'm in awe i'm in awe um, it's a, it's a I feel like you unlocked uh you unlocked a part of you that you didn't know you needed in life. And that's for sure. I I had I, I knew I, I assumed that I was gonna enjoy it. Um, you know, I, I had the books and stuff before I played. I read through the, the, the basic guides and, and and a few of the supplemental books and I thought this seems cool, but then when I actually played it was like oh this I'm I'm hooked. I can't not play this. Um and then when I left Rockstar, there was a gap again. I went to another job 
and a group started up there and then COVID hit. It's like, oh man, come on. Um, but then we started playing online and that has kind of saved my sanity. Cause I, I just, I, as silly as it sounds, I can't imagine not playing D and D. I just can't not imagine. I can't imagine not playing. That's awesome. Who's this Harrison person? And why they get all up on business? Damn it! Stop <laughs> criticizing me. Stop character shaming. I don't know that they <laughs> criticize you. Uh, all right. Exciting. Here's another one, uh, Ricky. How many characters you got, by the way? Uh, just two. Nice. Just two. Would you ever have a third? Mm. Join me. Oh no. I'm. I feel like I'm still very early on in my D and D journey, so we can. Uh, We'll see. Definitely two and, and different sides of the, or ends of the spectrum there on on the enthusiasm. What about you, sure. Dennis? How many? How many you got? What you got? Probably like if I can count, I could probably count them on one hand or two hands, maybe. Wow, wow, probably. You guys are making me feel uh, out of control, but yeah, I you're definitely just, out of control. That's just, that's not the debate. Just the ones I've played, you know. Like I could probably, it's probably like six. Probably like wow. six or seven. Yeah. Wow. All I right. just so you gotta understand, I don't make them the way you make them. I make them when I'm told it's time to make a character. Uh yeah. <laughs> and I I'm, when all right, cool. I'll make one. And then, yeah. you know, I just kind of figure out who that character is as I go. Um because I make like, them when uh when a TV show is over and I have some free time. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. That's how you're supposed to do it. There you go. All right. Little yeah. support. Thank you. All right. Next question. At two live YooHoo, if you could have superpowers, what would they be, and would you use them for good or evil? Um. Yeah, I've given that one probably too much thought, um, and it's been difficult to come to a definitive answer. I don't think there is a definitive answer, but um. I'd probably go with invisibility and um, I would use it. Uh, I would definitely use it for personal gain. Um, I'm not even going to try to tell that lie, uh, but I would also definitely do some Robin Hooding. So I would use it for good and not great, but certainly not evil. If that makes sense. The not great would be doing it for myself. You know, I'd, I'd want to have my baller mansion and a few nice cars. Good adjacent. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it to to hurt people who didn't pretty clearly deserve to lose some things that would go to more deserving people. What about you, Ricky? Give me the looper power. Right, the jumper. Sorry, jumper. Hayden Christensen's uh, best movie. Um, I just want to be able to teleport wherever, whenever. Mm. and just do it i would steal a ton of money and uh and just go on escapades with my teleporting powers and no one's gonna stop me not bad mm. uh, uh, no do any evil no with gonna, that yeah that's evil for sure no one's gonna yeah. stop me is usually the thing somebody that's doing evil would say <laughs> yeah. i mean i'm just taking money i feel like stealing money is like on the bottom of like I'll steal from a bank, right? That's like the equitable evil stealing. I'm not gonna go to like a charity and steal it. But if I run out, I might. <laughs> Fair enough. Depends. I've definitely gotten myself in trouble with the ladies before for saying invisibility. 
So instead, I'll just say mind control and just leave it at that. That almost feels worse, it's but okay. <laughs> okay, I'll leave it at that. Just, just straight up telepathy. Mm. I think that would be excellent. That's not a bad. Even, one. even just the ability to read people's thoughts would be good enough for me. Like, oof, yeah. That's kind of scary because I, I think that's one of those superpowers. It's like, careful what you ask for. Careful what you wish for, because people are going to let you down a lot. Yeah. You yeah. Realize how many racist people there are. Nah, I already know. I already know. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, next co- next uh, question. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, at Optimus Crime 87, what's your favorite incredible shrinking story? Incredible shrinking story. Um, I could make a joke about. Uh, getting out of the swimming pool, but I won't. <laughs> um, and that wouldn't be my favorite story. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, an interesting question. I hadn't really thought about it. I mean, there's not, there aren't very many of them. Um, I feel but, like there uh, are. Are there? I, I feel like there's a lot more than you think of. Throw, throw, throw something at me. Throw something yeah. At th- me. Yeah. Thumbelina is another one, right? Like the, the, what is it? The, what about like the, the secret life of Arietti or something like that. That's like the what is that? The Toy Story account of the shrinking story. I mean, because it's all from their perspective. I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't discount Toy Story, but Toy Story is definitely more of a toys coming to life story. That's um, true. But I feel like there's a lot more than, than you know. Like I, I feel like it's a trope enough that when Ant Man came out, I had a very I had a very set notion of what I wanted to see in that movie, right? Like, mm. I think, I think that's that's how iconic that kind of genre of storytelling is. And I know a lot of them are, you know, most famous for like the the Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. But there are there are inner space. There's um, yeah. I think we were saying the Incredible Shrinking Woman before the show is another one. Yeah. Uh. God, I feel like there's more. There's, there's. I know that that uh, Miyazaki movie is all about like these little people. Um, I mean, Fraggle Rock is kind of a weird one too, right? Uh, there's an episode of Jimmy Neutron where they shrink into. Oh, something. there's an episode of every cartoon where that yeah, happens. I mean, for sure. Mm. There's an episode of Batman: Brave and the Bold where they have to go inside of a uh, somebody's body, just like inner space, and. Uh, you get to learn. I mean, Rick and Morty, you know, they yeah. Rick and Morty as well. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I think of the, of the ones that I know, the ones that come to mind um, that I'm more, most familiar with, uh, you know, I enjoyed Honey, I Shrunk the Kids at the, when it came out for what it was, it was more of a family film. Um, but it's more modern. And I, I don't think that's why I prefer it. Um, but I, I would probably have to choose Ant-Man just because it's a lot more of my kind of humor. It is just a silly, fun ride. Um, a lot of goofy stuff in it. A uh, lot of characters that I really, really enjoy. And, you know, I, I suppose that's the easiest answer, but it is legit for, for a lot of reasons. Do you, What do you think about, like, Gulliver's Travels? Oh, that's an interesting one. Is that a shrinking story or a shrunken well, story? It's a, it's a hit. It's the reverse 
the reverse. There, well, there's a bunch of people that are tiny in it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, mm, I think if you're giving that one, you got to get Toy Story in. Sure. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Oh yeah, it's called Arietti. Is the or it's based on the borrowers. Um, that's the one I was talking about earlier. Uh, hmm. The, the downsizing was mentioned earlier, right? Yeah, I haven't seen that. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, he had trunk. Uh, yeah, one of them get Mike TV. Oh, he, yeah, he had trunk. Yep, Mike yep, TV. Yep. Yeah, they say they're gonna fix him. Um, yeah, all those kids died. Uh, Fantastic Voyage, which is actually what I think Inner Space is based off of. Okay. It's a it's a it's a U.S. Uh, it's a submarine crew that is shrunken down to microscopic size and placed inside of a comatose scientist's body to destroy a blood clot and survive him or uh, revive him. Yeah, I feel like I mean it's just the Honey I Shrunk the Kids went went hard on it though, right? Yeah. Uh, Indian in the cupboard. There's a lot of little oh, alive yeah, people. I uh, and I, I do understand that if we do that one, we have to allow. Yeah, if we're going, okay, if we're going down this route, small soldiers or toy soldiers. You're just right? all about the toys. <laughs> yeah, that was a great movie. And no, yeah, hands down the best one. <laughs> Wait, small soldiers is hands down the best one. Yeah. Okay. If, 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 if we're looping that genre into this question, yes, I love small soldiers. You love Small Soldiers. I love that movie a lot. That is a terrible movie. I that movie is just <laughs> Gremlins on multiple occasions packaged as a worse movie. That's actually directed or not directed. It's like I think it's written by the same people who wrote Gremlins. I've looked into sure. purchasing one of the prop toys, um, and then I found a guy on Etsy that makes like replicas of the toys based on molds of the props. And I really want them. Wow. That's, how, that's, that's serious. That's how far down the small soldier rabbit hole I, I'm down. Well, you know what? I liked uh, Coker's answer the best because it tees up the next thing that we're here to talk about. So we're just going to ignore Ricky's. And for the sake of it, I'll just say, yeah, and man as well. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Now, I really do uh, I have a special place in my heart for uh, inner space. But I haven't watched it in a long time, so I'm kind of excited to rewatch that one sometime soon. Um, maybe next week, in fact. Uh, but yeah, I think Ant Man is definitely one of the the, the stronger ones. Um, if you, you know, I you know, other than Honey I Shrunk the Kids, probably you know, right. So, uh, so why don't we talk about Ant Man? Because we didn't we didn't task everybody with talking about Honey I Shrunk the Kids this week. So, Let's do why it. don't we do this? Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Let's do this. Uh, I wish we had like the little promos that uh, Michael Douglas and, and uh, Paul Rudd did, or did where they just play the spoons and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, we've waited long enough. We're It's time to put a spotlight on Ant-Man. Uh, I mean, the movie's from 2015, so we ain't really spoiling anything. Uh, but, you know, yeah. if for some reason you haven't watched Ant-Man yet and you're excited to... You're slipping. You're slipping. Yeah. Yeah, you're slipping pretty hard. Uh, but I'm just going to give uh, some some really quick summary of this to catch everybody up. 
uh, armed with a super suit with the astonishing ability to shrink in scale, uh, but increase in strength or debatable. Um, cat burglar Scott Lang must embrace his inner hero and help his mentor, Dr. Hank Pym, pull off a plan that will save the world eventually. Uh, yeah, so Ant-Man is based on the Marvel Comics character of the same name, Scott Lang and Hank Pym. It is the 12th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, the film is directed by Peyton Reed from a screenplay by the writing teams of Edgar Wright and Joe Cornish. And then uh, when those guys ended up leaving the, the production, uh, it was handed over actually to Adam McKay and Paul Rudd. Uh, Adam McKay, you might know from like The Big Short and uh, uh, Cheney um, and Don't a lot of other a lot of other movies that win Oscars and stuff like that. He's a pretty he's he's uh, also did the other guys, which is just one of the best movies That's ever. Classic, made. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got uh, Paul Rudd, uh, Evangeline Lilly, Corey Stoll, Bobby Cannavale, Michael Pena, uh, T.I., Anthony Mackie, uh, Judy Greer, and uh, my probably my favorite, Abby Ryder Forston, uh, but also uh, David Dasmalchian. Dash I can never say his name. Is that correct? Dasmalchian. Dasmalchian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have other fun facts on this one, but I, I just kind of want to open it up to you guys. Uh, what, what was it like to go back and rewatch Ant-Man? Ricky? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I really did. Um, I think this movie did a lot more heavy lifting than we gave it credit for at the time. Um, and it's a solid... I think it mixes a it's a very contained story, but there's just enough hooks into the bigger world at B that it makes it, I think, a very complete MCU film. I think uh, what you what you were saying is actually uh, part of the Edgar Wright of it all is that he wanted this movie to be completely just independent of everything else. and, And he didn't actually want any of the hooks in there at all. Uh, in fact, he asked Marvel. He actually started developing this movie. I this think pre MCU two thousand three. Yeah, is is when he started wow. uh, help writing and stuff, and then they started casting it. Like I think two thousand six. They they were working on this movie for a long time. Um, but so he actually asked when when the Mar- when the MCU started picking up steam, he asked Marvel if they could please just not feature ant-man and the wasp anywhere else before he got to do his movie and i think that's a big reason why um people were fans of the avengers were always kind of weirded out when the avengers finally came together and there was no ant-man and the wasp instead there was hawkeye and black widow and because the original avengers are uh iron man hulk uh thor ant-man and the wasp um i did not know not even Captain America is an original adventure. Um, so yeah, so it was kind of like, you know, a lot of a lot of people that aren't in the know were just kind of like, oh my god, they're making an Ant-Man movie. But by you gotta remember, by like the tw- this is movie 12, right? Uh Marvel fans were pretty entitled and were like, Where the hell's Ant-Man? You know, like well, this was also cooking for a mimic. There was multiple comic-cons where edgar wright was there showing like previous or test test footage footage and stuff like that um very like 
just con conceptual shorts featuring it. So it, was, it wasn't like a secret that he was Ant-Man was coming. Yeah. It was just kind of like this win. Exactly. And then uh, apparently I read in a fun fact that uh, Paul Rudd actually tried to buy the rights of Ant-Man from Marvel many, many years ago because he wanted to make a movie of Ant-Man. Uh, so that's kind of interesting that like, you know, both like there's, there's, you have some people involved in this movie that really felt a strong passion towards this character and wanting to see Ant-Man get done. And I thought that's a really cool thing that comes through in that movie. There's a lot of love in that movie. And, and, you know, honestly, there's some things in that movie, like uh, the science of that movie breaks almost instantly. But what's so great about the movie is as soon as the science broke, I just reminded myself how much fun I was having watching this movie. And I said, I don't care. I don't care. I mean, the science broke in the comics. Like, great. It wasn't. I mean, the they were never consistent with like what he can and can't do or the, the reason behind it. Comics. You can rewrite the science as things go, right? To like to retcon, you can retcon. But like this movie had the benefit of of hindsight, right? This movie had uh, the entire Marvel history like under its in, uh, under its belt to, as a reference point, and yet they still blow the science in the first minute of it, right? Like they tell you that the pin particles have the ability to shrink the distance between atoms. And then, so something can maintain its density or its its maintain its its mass, but increase its density and stuff like yeah. that, right? And so, but then you see in that first scene where he shrinks, when when uh, Scott Lang shrinks into the tub, he jumps out of the tub, lands on tile, and he breaks the tile. The tile actually chips when he lands on it, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. So, so he still maintains his 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 weight, but he's the size of a needle, right? So a needle coming down that weighs like 150, 180 pounds, whatever, is going to do that to to the tile, right? Then in the same scene, he goes and falls into a vent and lands in the the floor below, on top of a record. And does nothing right. to the record at all. Well, that's just movie magic. It wouldn't be a good movie if you just <laughs> broke a bunch of shit. And then likewise, you know, then you see this this uh, fun little keychain that Hank Pym yeah, right. has through the whole movie that's yep. a tank that weighs absolutely nothing until it's actually a tank. And then there's a Thomas the Tank Engine that, that uh, is just a tiny little plastic toy. But as soon as it's enlarged, it breaks the side of the house open and stuff. And so you just have to accept that's it's funny it's funny it's all in the service of comedy um and there's also a lot of fun ants and and i think the ant stuff is a fun i think they actually do more with the ants like that that oh. is more like more learning more more kind of like hey i forgot when i watched this movie i was like i forgot about the ants because this is the most ant ant-man movie <laughs> Of all yeah. the Batman movies, right? Exactly. They were a, they, a cool character. They drop they were, the ants in Wasp early, and then they don't really show up past that point. No, the Wasp, the the Ant Man and the Wasp has a lot of ants in them too. But they're just like background ants. No, 
No. Yeah. They help. They help them through the whole movie. Okay. They do. Uh, I I I sadly rewatched both movies today, and and when I watched both movies, I was like, "What the hell is with all the other Avengers movies where there's zero ants? There's like no ants in any of those movies." And it was just kind of a it's a detriment to Ant Man that we don't get to see all these ants. But hmm. oh man, the de aging. That was good. Yeah. That all so, good. You know what? I because of this scene, I went back and watched uh, Peter Cushing in Rogue One, and uh, wow! I mean, I'm sure it was different technology. They probably captured Michael Douglas doing his lines and then just modified it. I'm guessing, but uh, it, there's a world of difference between this and, and what they did with Cushing. Well, the difference was Peter Cushing was dead, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm like I said, I'm assuming they had you know a, a live actor for this that they modified or. Body no, it was like, it was actually it was actually Michael Douglas. That's what I assumed. Yeah, yeah, it was Michael over. Douglas, but they put dots all over his face, mm-hmm. and he was quite amazed uh, in interviews with how this turned out because it was him. He felt like he was looking at himself from *Romancing the Stone* all over again. Yeah, um, that was impressive. And, and I think I think yeah, Marvel has definitely had some fun with the de aging. Uh, but I think the opening scene of Ant-Man is one of the the most ex- excessive uses of it. Uh, they do they play with some some aging on all the characters in the first scene. Uh, so Michael Douglas gets de-aged. He was, I think, 70 years old at the time he filmed that movie. Uh, he gets de-aged down to like a, I don't know, a 40 something year old man. Uh, Martin Donovan, uh, who was the the bad, you know, the bad guy trying to buy the. Uh, the yellow jacket yeah. also got de-aged. And meanwhile, you got Haley Atwell who plays Peggy Carter. They had to age her up to be right. an older version of the character. And then you have John Slattery playing the old version of, of Howard Stark. Cause there are like multiple actors that have played Howard Stark and uh, they brought him back for the role. So it's just like a, a let's just cram all the different age. Well, it people was such a, into- that opening scene really does a lot of the heavy lifting. Like it, it really does. Um, yeah, because Hank Pym is a very big part of the Marvel universe, not the MCU, but just you know Marvel as a whole. He's a very big player, so I think that scene just really aids with the MCU and establishing a, like a legacy. Like, oh, was, Iron Man wasn't the first one, and I know I know Captain America kind of did is bit too but there's a whole in between there where there's other players you know on the field and um yeah. it's just kind of cool to see them all you know that's the only scene really one of the only scenes we have with uh hank pym and, and howard stark right i think it's the only scene we have with yeah. hank pym so it's, you know just yeah. to get those two players on the board and and yeah. it's just that, that built-in history that you that you you get when when doing scenes like that yeah. So fun fact for Coke, because I, I, I'm sure you don't know. Um, so in the comics, the original Ant-Man is Hank Pym. Uh, yeah. But and he was the one that was the Avengers and, and uh, with the Wasp and the Wasp in the comics was Janet, Janet Van Dyne. Um, but what they chose to do is because there's an awkward period in the comics where uh, there's a miscommunication between the writer of this particular issue and the artist. And the writer wanted uh, Hank Pym to kind of like storm out of a room after arguing with the Avengers. 
And the artist kind of always, uh, I, I saw an interview with him where it's basically like the artist had kind of all come from a school of thought of like, whenever you're drawing something, go as big as you possibly can. Hmm. So in, in the scene that he drew, he had Hank storming out of the room while slapping Janet across the face, <laughs> like Whoa. And, knock, and knocking her to the ground. Right. And so what happened was he got sent back. The, the, the editors missed it until it was actually already printed. Holy and so, crap. so the comic went out with, you know, completely changing everyone's, opinion of who hank pym was as a person he's yeah. now a wife beater right like he's a wife beater and there's really no retconning that as hard as they may try nah you can't take uh, that back you know but in fairness though like i also kind of dig that they they didn't take it back because like hey those kind of people exist in this world and so like it's kind of nice whenever you you think somebody that's heroic can have these crazy flaws and stuff like that and the character himself has been dragged through the mud for decades because of that. And so I think Marvel, when they were coming up with who they want to play the main Ant-Man, they decided it would be better to just leave the history of Hank behind mm. and have Scott be the focal point, which it, Scott became the newer Ant-Man in the comics, uh, who has a similar background to Paul Rudd's, who is a, a criminal, a criminal uh, who stumbles upon this suit and stuff. And I think it's a really cool way to like, like Ricky was saying, to have this history in the MCU that we don't necessarily know all about. Right. Um, but let's hope that this Hank never actually just, you know, slap Janet around just for, for the hell of it. Um, yeah. That's a rough one, man. I mean, it's one thing yeah. to, you know, if, if your history is you, you went to prison for, you know, taking, taking money from people who were scamming people and redistributing it. But wow. Beating your your wife is that's that's nasty. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but with Paul Rudd's uh, version of this character, yeah, you got best case scenario, right? He's adorable. Uh, he's funny. He's got a really instant hook, right? Where he is, like, what makes him different from all the rest of the Marvel heroes? Uh, at the time, he's the first one with a kid. When this movie oh, wow. came out, I didn't even the, think about that. He was yeah. the first superhero with a kid in the Marvel oh. Universe. And man, that kid is so adorable. Oh, she's a doll. She is so adorable. I'm so mad that they had to recast her, you know, uh, after twice. In a, in, twice. But I'm so mad that they, ha I mean, I understand why they had to recast her in Avengers. Uh, but it's a it's kind of weird that they had to recast her again for this movie coming out next week. Um, she like just peanut just every time he calls her peanut, yeah. my heart just breaks because it's just so, it's such a cute little thing. And he just uh, you can just tell how much he adores her at that age and he doesn't want her to ever grow up. And so my heart really breaks in that moment in Endgame when he goes back to see his daughter and she's a full grown teenager. Yeah, that's and wild. He, and he just missed it. He missed it all, you know, like uh but that's, you know, we're getting ahead we're, uh, of 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 this movie. In this movie, it just does a really good job of cementing that there's nothing that this guy won't do to make his daughter proud of him. 
it's not just about providing for his daughter. It's about giving his daughter a person that she can look up to that isn't her mom's boyfriend. <laughs> well, you know, you know what? I want to I want to backtrack to what you said about us jumping too far ahead just to throw this out there because I found it interesting. In this film, he's talking to his ex-wife about his heartache over missing so much time with his daughter. And then once the dusting happens, he misses so much time with his daughter. It's like it's a foreshadowing with him. Yeah. Very, very interesting. There's a lot of foreshadowing in these movies. Um, you know, like in the, in the, in the second movie, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's having a moment with Cassie and she's saying, you know, how she thinks it's so cool that her dad's aunt man. Cause you know, obviously she knows by the end of the movie. Um, but she, you know, she wants to grow up and be his sidekick. That's what she wants to do. And like, here we are 2023 and we're finally going to get that moment, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to be cool because this is a character that uh, the comic book fans have been looking forward to uh, because the Young Avengers were a comic that came out in early 2000s, and it was kind of they were all legacy characters, uh, and Cassie Lang was a big founding member of the of that. But you know, comics like to do the thing where there's just like, oh hey, look, there's teenagers that you didn't have the powers know about. Yeah. you didn't even know about. You know, like they they they're just there. You know, nobody wants to watch babies raised in comic books. You know, like that's right. So right. you just instantly plant kids in there but like i think the cool thing about the mcu is is at the very least with cassie we got to see her grow up you know at, at different stages and that girl missing her front teeth i'll be damned if that doesn't sell the whole damn movie the whole time like yeah that was perfect she's just so cute and and yeah. she just really she she had my heart almost as much as antony <laughs> fair enough fair enough the ants in that movie were I, I like on the rewatch i kind of felt like they were the stars like i i love paul rudd and i love Luis. uh i i love uh, uh michael pena playing Luis. those are both really great roles but the ants are freaking awesome in this movie they were super cool and i mean they really kind of did uh, the bulk of the heavy lifting you know, they uh, enabled the, that team to do everything they did. They did all the work. And yeah. it was so cool. Like and they all died. A lot of them. <laughs> yeah, died. yeah. A lot, a lot of them. Died. A lot of them lot went of out. Them. That's for sure. A lot of them died. Uh, but the only one that mat matters is the adorable flying carpenter ant named Anthony that gets shot by Darren Cross. That's a good shot, by the way. That's that was impressive. Shoot, a, shoot an ant flying in the air. That's wow. Well, and a very wow. specific one in a gigantic swarm coming yeah. out of a building at a helicopter. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Movie, movie magic. Yeah. Oh. So so I think we, we kind of glossed over it before, but the, the premise of this movie is uh, Darren Cross is basically doing the same bit as uh, Jeff Bridges did in Iron Man, right? He's, he's taken over the company and he wants to do evil, horrible things uh, to make lots and lots of money. He wants to sell the technology of shrinking uh, to create super, super, super soldiers that will just go and revolutionize, you know, combat in the in in the global arena. Uh, and Hank wants nothing to do with this. He doesn't want his his 
technology being used for this, like this way. So Hank goes and secretly recruits uh, this burglar by by luring him to burg to to burgle his his home. Right? Um, it's a it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a reach. The 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 links that he went to get him <laughs> to believe a, that was a smooth system of working the grapevine, baby. Wow. Right. Yeah, but it did create for a great scene with Michael Pena where he's One explaining how he got the intel that there's an old guy with a safe that's probably got lots of cool stuff in it. And then mm -hmm. uh that's all once they, Yeah, and then once they meet up, you know, then uh he he makes it very clear what the problem is and he needs Scott to be Ant-Man because for reasons not quite thoroughly explained, Hank has been Ant-Man too many times. And so he can't put on the suit anymore. But we also learn that Hank has a daughter who's infiltrating the company. Uh, and she very, very much wants to wear the suit, but he won't let her do it. And it's because he has trauma, right? He has trauma that he lost his wife because he let her put on the suit. Um, he lost her to the quantum realm. Which, you know, in the second movie, it's really hilarious because Ant-Man mentions a few times, like, you guys just like putting quantum at the beginning of words, don't you? And, like, and now um, we have quantumania. Exactly. You know, the the, the prophecy is fulfilled. Uh, but yeah, it's so it's it's really a heist movie. And I think that's what sets it apart from a lot of the Marvel movies, right? It's like the, the premise starts off similar to Iron Man, uh, but it turns into a heist movie and you got. Uh, you got T.I., you got uh, David Desmalchian, and you got uh, Michael Pena, sir, uh, like round out the crew of people that he needs to help um, break into cross technologies and not only steal the suit, but also destroy all data of it. Um, and they need a bunch of ants to help them get in there as well. And uh, I think along the way, Bobby Cannavale and the guy that's from winning time. And I think he's also from the wire are like two cops that are, I don't know, for some reason trying to chase Paul Rudd. Cause they're kind of, yeah, cause we'll get the, uh, you know, he, he broke, he broke out of jail. Sure. I guess. Well, and he's yeah. also baby daddy. Yeah. yeah. That's, probably, that's yeah. probably, but I really do. I do like that this character, you know, Bobby Cannavale, like, starts out as like are you an asshole or are you cool i can't tell but by the end of the movie he seems cool with it all i thought it was a pretty healthy uh step-parent relationship it was in it the was. grand scheme of things it's not something yeah. you typically see on screen yeah yeah but so there's a lot of really cool supporting characters uh some definitely get fleshed out more than others i feel like this movie was stacked with too many people uh, to ever give enough attention to, you know, like I think David Desmalchian, uh, I had no idea how amazing he was until I saw him in uh, Suicide Squad like two years ago. Or was it last year? I can't even remember. Uh, two... two. It was two years ago. Two, I think. Yeah, because yeah. Peacemaker was last year. Yeah. Yeah, two years ago. And I was like, this guy was so wasted in these Ant-Man movies. Yeah, he plays, he's Kurt, the computer yeah, guy. Yeah, 
He plays okay. Kurt, the computer guy, and he's just got a funny Russian accent. And yeah. he talks about Baba Yaga a few times in the second movie. But that's really it. Like he does, he doesn't get to do anything. Mm. Uh, Ti is Dave, and I don't really know anything else about Dave. Like, uh, and I think I, that's part of what made him a great character. Yeah, you don't need to know more. It's it's, it's Ti. Yep. We got a movie with Ti and Michael Douglas. That's Indeed. fair. That's fair. And I, I'm not a fan of Ti. In fact, I I don't care for him at all. I don't know his music. I'm not into him. I just I'm I'm just. Something about him bugs me, but he's probably I love his character. I really love the character. Um, and I think it's in part because he was just this strange dude that was part of the crew, and that just made made me really dig him. I didn't need to know more, I didn't want to know more. I mean, like from his his very intro, like, who are you? I'm Dave. That was that was it. That, that was his whole backstory, that was his whole reason for being there. I'm Dave. It was great. Just that's silly. fair. That's fair. Um, but that said, Ricky, you do have a picture up of uh, a bigger guest appearance uh, that was the uh, Falcon. Anthony yeah, Mackie. Anthony Mackie has an entire scene as the Falcon. At one point in the movie, while they're assembling all the things they need to get to get this heist underway, they're like, but we need a special part. It's a special part. It's, it's like uh, collecting <laughs> dust in an old factory in upstate New York. And that's all you that. get. And I then uh, next thing you know, it's it's or not a factory, a warehouse. And uh, next thing you know, it's the Avengers compound and Ant-Man has to infiltrate it. And uh, much to his, you know, bad luck, he ends up coming across the only Avenger that has goggles that allow him <laughs> to see Ant-Man yeah. all the time. Every time he can see him. And it's really weird. I was like, why doesn't. Why doesn't everybody in the Avengers wear these goggles? It was it's cool amazing. though because we had this is we saw him in um, Falcon in, and the Winter or sorry uh, Winter Captain America Winter Soldier is the first time we well see for, him. we saw him in Winter Soldier and then his next appearance was in Age of Ultron for a bit. Age of Ultron comes after this or no it comes before this movie you're right before the movie, right. yeah yeah so this is the first time we get to see him as an Avenger. In the costume, like he, I don't recall, he doesn't get this costume until the end of Age of Ultron. You're right, he's in the last scene, uh, of Age of Ultron wearing, yeah. The costume. So, you know, it's we get to see, you know, the Avenger Falcon. I thought that was really cool. It's like, yeah. you know, of I think, uh, maybe was he the lowest common Avenger available at the time? Probably, but just to get one of them. You He's know. definitely the least dangerous Avenger that Ant-Man could go up against. You know, that's that's for sure. Like Ant-Man versus Scarlet Witch would not be a good a good matchup for sure. Or or Ant-Man versus Vision would not end well for Ant-Man. You know, nah, so nah. you know this is this is a this is a friendly one. I read uh, that Peyton Reed and uh, Paul Rudd, I think, or maybe Adam McKay and Paul Rudd were just really big fans of the character uh, Falcon in the Civil War movie. And so they they're the ones that reached out to Marvel to see if they could use him. So this is actually a scene that wasn't Marvel's idea. Um, although Marvel does like having the hook. So they're, of course, going to say, yes, definitely put this in here, you know, like which flies in the face of something that uh, Edgar Rice was trying not to have in his movie. Edgar Wright. Sorry. Edgar Wright. Um, so. I actually really like this movie or this scene. The scene. Uh, I thought it's where he started calling him Tic Tac, and I was wrong. 
I think the Tic Tac name comes later, right? In Civil War. Comes Civil War. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's an adorable scene. Um, Coke, yeah, what, what, what was I, your... I really love that scene. That scene kind of, to me, it kind of, um, it underlines sort of the, the innocence of Scott Lang. Because um, he's he's not a... He's not some big. Hi, fan I'm Scott. Him. Exactly. Hi, I'm Scott. Uh, I'm a big fan. He even says, "It's just, it's just silly, fun, and it's, it's definitely showing him as just a regular dude who, who got thrust into this position, and now he's trying to make the best of it." I just felt like it was a good kind of reinforcement of, uh, of Scott Lang as a, a genuine good guy trying to do the right thing at, at any cost. It's very, very good scene. Yeah. And I think that that's uh, that sentiment is carried over in the second movie, or I mean, sorry, in uh, Civil War, right? Like where where uh, he's just so honored to be asked to go help Captain America, uh, you know, fight in Germany. Like he doesn't really even take time to ask questions about like, is this right? Is this wrong? He just but they he they play on the that right too, thing. though. Right, because that's the whole premise of Alien the Wasp is like he's now on house arrest because of that decision. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and in that movie, uh, the Wasp is actually upset at him because he did that, jeopardizing everything that they built, and you know, without even thinking about how that impacts the people around him and stuff. And so, so that's a that's a recurring thread that Scott Lang has going on in the MCU. Uh, and I think the seeds are all planted here in this movie, like because he even even in this movie, like he's trying to figure out, you know, like how to how to keep his his daughter safe while while still choosing to be Ant-Man, you know, and those those two things kind of come in direct conflict because you find out that the bad guy is so bad that he actually just knows where his daughter lives and like that's just super gross. Like whenever the bad guy just knows where your daughter lives, that's, it's never, it's never going to end well, you know? So. Yeah. It was like the, the, uh, one of Peter Parker's big fears coming, coming true. You know, he, he had to keep Spider-Man secret because he didn't want his family and, you know, his, his loved ones to be at risk. And then here goes Scott Lang, like, Oh shit, my, my family, my loved ones are at risk. Yeah. That's a, it's a horrible position to be in. what do you think about the wasp? Or sorry, uh, aka Hope, Hope Van Dyne. Um, I was I was torn on the way they presented that aspect of the story. I mean, the way they explained it, you know, when when Hank got sort of booted from his company by Cross, uh, he Hank and Hope were she were she's the one who voted him out. Yeah, they were, so they were at odds with each other. But then she saw what Cross was doing, taking the company in a bad direction, and then she kind of came back into the good graces of her dad and they worked it out. But it just felt weird to me that she was still, I mean, they, they played it up like she and Cross were kind of maybe a romantic thing. And was that still going? I, I don't know that, that, I mean, they didn't show it directly, but it felt that way to me. And then it was kind of like, would it have really been that easy to pull the wool over his eyes that she's actively working with her dad and, well, he shows I, I didn't mind it. It, it, was, it wasn't. It was a good yeah, dynamic. I, they, yeah, they. It it just struck me as odd that Hank is super smart. She seems to be super smart, and together, 
And they go through the great bulk of the movie just thinking, yeah, you know, we're we're doing all this stuff on the down low. And we're going to pull off this crazy plan with these weird dudes. And then he just goes, yeah, I, I knew what you were doing. I know, I know Scott Lang. I know he's got he's got another suit. He he just kind of blew their whole spot up, and it felt like they should have been smarter than that. I don't know that, yeah. that one just kind of rubbed. But it's it's again when you when you don't want to, um, you know, you got to suspend your disbelief when you're watching movies, and that's one of those things where it's like I enjoyed it when I was watching it, but when I sit back and analyze, I go eh, that one kind of kind of was a little off. I mean, for for me, it was when uh, uh, Yellow Jacket was showing his his tech in the very first presentation, where he has like this shield images of Ant Man, like the top secret photos. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this dude knows like what's going on, and, and he's like, was it all true, Hank? He's like, no. It's like, uh, come on now. Yeah, but. I liked Hope. I really like Evangeline Lilly a lot, though, as, as Hope. I like Evangeline Lilly. I don't think that character was very likable in the first movie. Um, I think she's getting more and more likable as time goes on. I just, like, I agree with Coker. Like, it was a little confusing what she was putting out there. Uh, I didn't feel the romantic tension between her and Scott. Um, so I was kind of like, I knew the movie wanted me to feel that, you know, but it didn't. I didn't find it believable. Um, it just felt like, are you just hooking up because you're what's what's there with each other? You know, like you're, yes. you're yes. both what's available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, also, I know it's a nitpick. Uh, I couldn't stand her hair. Like it just so it's obviously a was cut. a wig. Right. I mean, it's that's the look. It, it was just a wig, man. It just looked like a wig. Like it just looked like. A it's, terrible it's wig. The, the look. I'm happy. I'm happy that she has short hair in the movie. I, I, I want my wasp movie. with short hair. Damn it! That's yeah, the way the I, comics intended. I liked her her hair in the second movie too, where it's just naturally long hair. Um, I just, I just don't. I, I wasn't buying that 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 weird cut that they were they were rocking in it. I think the the short is very practical if you're a helmeted character. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying like the medium length that she has in that movie with the sharpness. Like a ponytail, of it. though. What? Oh, in this movie? Yeah, in this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. a weird look. It just it just was reading to me as way more comic booky than I needed it to be. Um, like it just didn't feel like it was. Of she did its look time. like a character rather than like a person. She looked like a cartoon, yeah. right? She did yeah. look very cartoony. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that that was throwing me off because everybody else looked like real people in that movie, and I think that's what was really cool about it. Like you were saying, like Dave is just Dave, you know. Like, yeah, I definitely wasn't sitting there thinking, "Man, that's Ti. This is so weird." No, I was like, "Okay, he's just Dave," you know. He wasn't trying to outshine everybody else, and I just felt like her hair was trying to like say something, and I'm like, "It's just, it's too much. It's too much." Also, that stupid black leather jacket that Darren Cross was wearing when he came to the house. That was a terrible, terrible That's jacket. That's fine. I but I'm okay it. with it because he's the bad guy and he can dress poorly. You know, like, he does. He looked fine. It was I'll a say bad jacket. The unsung character of this movie was uh, San Francisco. We, we don't really. This is the. F- <laughs> 
aside from Iron Man, seeing the West Coast in the MCU is not not a thing that that exists. So it's I nice to know. see. I disagree. Shang-Chi. I like them having the movie set in San Francisco. Oh, I mean, I like it there, but yeah. I mean, this is like the this is like one of four movies set in San Francisco now. Like in the MCU. Yeah, Shang-Chi was in San Francisco. Yeah, Shang- 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 started there. We're talking when this movie came out, though. Oh, oh yeah, at the time. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, at yeah, the yeah. time, it, uh, it's a different world, you know, or different, you know, different area aside from New York or or, or Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely opening it up. I just, it's weird to me how many Marvel movies now have been in San Francisco. What is it? Sam Man and Shang Chi, right? And Black Panther. Well, no, you go to San Francisco. They go to Oakland at the end. Mm-hmm. That's a different. Isn't there more? More? I, I spent a while since I've seen the uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Isn't there more San Francisco in that movie? A lot more. That, that's a what lot. I thought. Yeah, they end up like at Fisherman's Wharf. Yeah, they end up yeah, at Fisherman's yeah. Wharf at the end, and it's 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 a little excessive. I was um, in San Francisco while they were filming Shang Chi. Fun fact. Yeah. Oh, I saw them. I saw them do the bus. Um, if I could, uh, if I could backtrack just a little bit to to hope, one of the things that I did like about that character was, um, I didn't especially care for her early in the movie. I just didn't didn't like her attitude. She, I mean, it kind of starts out with her being crappy to her dad. You know, would it, would it kill you to call me dad? Um, and they they're, they're, they did a good job of showing her resentment. And then um, Hank mentions to Scott that her mother was killed in a plane crash and, you know, Hope says, when are you going to stop telling me that lie? And then it's a, it's a little heavy handed, but they do show her just kind of breaking down when Hank finally does tell the truth of what happened to her mom. Yeah. And I, I thought it was kind of cool that she mentions, you know, when my mom died, he, he just, he disappeared for two weeks and Scott's going, yeah, well, he was in mourning. She said, well, so was I. And then she finds out, Oh my God, you know, you were, trying to get my mom back i I thought that was a really cool kind of turn for her and for me that was where i went okay i i i kind of didn't like her but now i'm I'm cool with her yeah and so i think that's why i like her more in the second movie is because she's come to terms with that and Mm -hmm. and now that the whole premise of the second movie is let's get mom back right and and it's it's kind of a boring movie because that's the entire premise of the movie is let's get Michelle Pfeiffer into the MCU as, as soon as we possibly can. Mm. Uh, but I do appreciate that she had to go through that journey in this movie. Um, so I don't mind that she's cold through most of the movie because of that scene. It's a really yeah. good scene. And it's a, it's, it's a great scene for Michael Douglas, too, because like it makes him not the wife beater you know like that's <laughs> yeah no doubt no doubt but it, it's also i mean it goes back to that, that legacy thing right like shit we were in a world now where ant-man and the wasp were a, a, a thing for a they minute were, they were a thing for a long time in like the 60s or 70s or something yeah. like that uh yeah it's a really cool thing to have uh the the marvel universe like filled out in the timeline a little bit more and know that there's probably more superheroes than just them that were operating through shield. Right. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a really fun thing. Um, by the way, like, you know, we talked about this before, like Edgar Wright, uh, this was his baby, this movie for a long time. I, I, I think you're probably familiar with Edgar Wright's other stuff. Like he did Shaun of the dead, uh, all the other Simon Pegg movies. He did, uh, Scott Pilgrim, um, uh, 
uh, I'm trying to remember other things. Baby Driver. I think Baby Driver is the movie he went and did when this one got taken, or when he left this one. No, right? it was okay. it wasn't the Baby Driver. I thought I thought he left this one and then went and did Baby Driver, which is another heist movie. Could be, we could be wrong. Yeah, but anyways, uh, he was. I, I I just found this really funny. Like. He was asked if he ever wa- watched this movie or, or finished or the you know the finished product, and he said uh, his response to that is like, "It would be kind of like asking me, do you want to watch your ex girlfriend have sex?" Oh wow, that's a hell of an analogy. Yeah, um, so super awkward. He left the sh- he left the production citing creative differences with Disney, uh, who had taken over. You know so. I guess when he started working on this movie, it was before Disney had ever bought Marvel. And I think by the time, you know, they were actually full on in, in the middle of making, getting ready to make this movie. Yeah. They were in production, but I remember he had, I, he cast most of the actors. Yeah. It was cast. And I want to say it was at Comic-Con like that week when he pulled out, if I'm not mistaken, that was, I, I, totally recall that being the talk of, of that time was the movie was about to start filming and yeah they had everyone lined up but he he backed out at, at that moment yeah the interesting thing is uh uh peyton reed was just like already such a giant fan of marvel that he did not even mind one bit getting somebody else's scraps like he just he jumped at the opportunity when when offered the chance to take over for a director and you know he loved it and he was like i would do another one and there he went and he did the second one and now he did the third one also right he's doing yeah so you know hey good job peyton reed for putting out three movies um i will say though i think it's very noticeable if if anybody watching ever does go and decide to revisit ant-man which i highly recommend it's a great movie it's aged very well in the in like Knowing all the Definitely. things we know now in the MCU, to go back and watch this one, it really still stands the test of time. Does the Luis gimmick hit as hard as it did the first time I ever watched it? No. Uh, you know, you, you see it coming a mile away, and it's it's charming, though. It is funny. You, you know what? I, 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 I seldom laugh out loud when I'm watching TV and movies, but I, I it got me again. I just yeah. thought it was wonderful, man. It's The two so times well they do it in this movie are so good. Yes. But yes. the four times they do it in the next one are not. Uh, the second movie, they only do it once. They only it do it once, but it's really long. And it's with all the main characters. I thought like it's with it. the Morsey bit, though, right? Isn't that, is that part yeah. of it? Okay. But it's it's once. It's just once in the second movie. It's yeah. It's just not the same. It's not the same. It did. It, it's not the same. But what I was going to say is, like, you know, if you're considering going back, definitely rewatch this one. It's a great movie. I definitely don't recommend the second one as, as strongly. Uh, so go find the Marvel Legends, like little short clips that they make on Disney Plus that'll catch you up for the next movie. That's probably all you need for, for Ant-Man and the Wasp to really know what's going on. Um, but yeah, this first movie, I mean, the Baskin Robbins stuff, I completely forgot about Baskin Robbins. Yeah, Baskin Robbins yeah. always finds out. They always Kill me. find out. Kill man. Me. Yeah, that's just great, great. That shit, but that you know, was good. 
that that scene that just kind of underscores like I, I feel like they were just and I actually took some notes too. I, I felt like the entire film was like a celebration of the awkward situation um, in so <laughs> yeah. many ways. That the, the the Baskin Robbins thing, you know, they found out about his past. And he has to go sit there with the boss. The dude's loving him. He's like, "Oh, that's so cool!" And I got to fire you. That felt Bye. like very Edgar Wright. Like, yeah, there's definitely bits of that movie that, like, oh, you can definitely tell where. Well, they still gave him writing credits. For yeah, the no, movie for too, sure. You know? so, oh, that's cool. So you know, his name is all over the credits. So like, it wasn't like it wasn't like they didn't want him to do it. It's just for whatever reason, he just couldn't. He couldn't, he couldn't stay on. Um, but I was going to say, what was I going to say? I, I think, Robbins. no, I mean, I do love the Baskin Robbins thing. Uh, I will say this movie got me excited more to see the third one because I really want to see how this Paul Rudd adventure comes to an end. Because I really do think that this movie coming out next week is the last installment for Paul Rudd. It just feels mm. it feels that way to me, and I'm not sure. I'm not I, I, like I could be wrong. I think I think a little. I think we'll get one more. Um, I'll say so? I think one of the weakest parts of this movie, and it's through circumstance, is when he does go into the quantum realm at the end of it. I kind of wish he just would have blipped out and blipped back in as opposed to kind of start showing what it was. Mm. Cause it's, it's a very, I think very different quantum realm than what we're, we're getting now. They show it again in the second movie. It's the same. Exact- yeah. This, the second one was very, very much so like fleshed out though. When they go, no, they go but back when they go back, they show you all the same things that he saw in the first one again. Like it is the same. It's the same in both movies. It's just then he goes further in the second movie. And so I don't mind because like they basically showed you it's kind of like that Doctor Strange journey through the astral realm, you know, like how you just go and you just see a bunch of Jack Kirby inspired like craziness. Uh, It's the same in both in both movies. So there is a visual consistency that they do. And I think they'll do the same thing again in the third movie and I'll be fine with it. It's just. Yeah, it just you keep going like the further and further you go, then you end up on the weird planet where where Janet's hanging out, you know, like, but you have to keep going. But the, that moment where they're just floating in like the blackness and there's the weird fractals like spinning around and stuff like that. That's not quite there. You know, it's 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 a little further. So I don't I don't mind that they showed us the trippiness because I think we would have been. I think we would have been robbed if we didn't get to see trippy stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I think you, 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 you threaten, you tell people don't, don't push, don't break the regulator because you'll end up in, you'll go subatomic and you'll end up in the quantum realm. You don't, you don't give that person that loaded gun and then not pull the trigger in the same movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like it, mm I think if if you're in a, in the Edgar Wright version of the film, yeah, don't do that. But these these movies don't exist on their own, right? Like I I very much expect like Quantumania to to not be an ending, but rather a beginning of wherever we're going with King. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think we already got the beginning of that with Loki. You know what I mean? Like I think you you watched all of Loki, right? Coke. 
I did, and I, I'm I was trying to remember is that was that the the introduction to uh, the introduction of Kang into the it was the introduction of a version of Kang, so it's a variant. Where where did he first show up in the MCU? There, that that is. Oh, okay, that, that was that was when he but, showed up. But okay. he's not the Kang that we're gonna get next week. We're gonna get a different version of him because that one died at the end of Loki, okay. right? And he's the one that's supposedly been trying to keep the fabric of time all together to prevent other versions of him from doing the bad things. So mm. we're gonna get a, a other version of him next week. You know, same. I think actor though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Same okay. person, just different yeah universes. okay that's kind of kang's whole thing is like he's a major avengers villain in the comics but there's a bunch of him like there's a bunch of kings that have gotcha. come okay. uh, from different periods in time and have tried different time travel-y conquests and stuff like that but i really did appreciate that in that in the first movie they do mention the quantum realm they show the quantum realm and they also mention like time time travel in that first movie um and i was kind of like oh okay i didn't realize they actually talk about these kind of things they kind of plant the seeds there so that mm -hmm. it's not out of the realm of like reasonable that the 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 saving you know the hail mary that the avengers pull in endgame is let's do time travel you know and so mm -hmm. like i get it i get i get they were always building up to it it's just Time travel is a really weird, messy thing, and so we'll see how it works. We'll see. Speaking of messy things, uh, what when 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 was Ant Man introduced in the comics? Like uh, what year ish? Was was he around in the sixties? Tales to astonish. I don't remember what number, but it was definitely in the sixties. Yeah, late. Okay, uh, so so here's a problem I'm having with Ant Man, um, old and new, I suppose. Whenever it happened. Uh, first of all, his his costume is garbage, uh, which, which I think is actually kind of endearing. I, I think his costume looks like crap, um, yeah. but I think it's kind of cool because you know Scott Lang's not a fancy dude; he doesn't need a fancy suit. However, well, and he didn't one, make the suit either. Yeah, yeah, true that, true that. But I, one thing that just bugs the crap out of me is, hey, I'm going to have something to drink. Allow me to pick it up. Oh snap! Click! I've hit the button. That's right there in my freaking hand where I hold things. That is just such poor design. It's like anytime he grabs something or pulls something, click, I'm hitting the button. Oh, click, I did it with my other hand. That is horrible placement of the thing that does your super thing. That just, I, that just bugged me and I had to say it. Sorry. I do appreciate that, like, there's been an evolution of his suit, though, and that, like, in the first movie, it's a full-on helmet that he has to take off and hold. But just like every other uh, superhero in the MCU, they've gotten those retracting helmets throughout yeah. the years, you know? So, yeah. like, now he has a helmet that just completely goes and hides in the back in the back of his neck or whatever, you yeah. know? Uh, but, yeah, I feel you. The, the giant buttons are definitely a, a 60s-era nod, right? Like, they're, they're trying to... They're trying to do something funny with that. I do have some quick questions for you before before we go. I guess. Uh, yes, well, no, I asked you some of them. I asked you. I asked you about the uh, Evangeline's hair, and we talked about Baskin Robbins for a minute. But uh, 
I guess it's a, a, just a really quick would you rather because I know in Ant-Man 1, we never got to see him go big, right? Like they were kind of saving <laughs> – they were saving that for Civil War. Uh, but it was the logical thing. We're like, well, why does the other button not work, you know, like until until he's small? Yeah. Um, would you rather be able to shrink like Ant-Man in the first movie? Mm-hmm. Or grow to giant man size in Civil War. Oh, if shrink. 100%. Only... Yeah, shrink. Being big sucks. Yeah, I mean, you know, shrinking you can still get to it. Granted, it's more difficult, but you can still get to the places that everybody else can go. Mm-hmm. You get that big, you can't. You can't be on a plane. You can't be in a building. You can't. You know, you can't be a hell of a lot of places. Um, so yeah, I would definitely go with the shrinking tech. Yeah, and you can't pull off the Thanos the Thanos maneuver if you're big, right? <laughs> no. Fair enough. Um, do you guys have any other things? You said you had notes. Do you have anything else you wanted to mention about this movie before we end? Uh, I mean, I just I I, I uh, just wrote down some like the Baskin Robbins thing. I made a note of that was classic. But um, just as far as as awkward situations, um, they started off gold uh, like uh, when when scott gets out of prison he gets to the car with Luis. he said hey man how's your girl like oh she left me and my mom died and my dad got deported <laughs> it's like jesus <laughs> man how, how freaking weird but it sets up Luis, right but i got to keep the overly optimistic character yeah yes yes i mean just stuff like that from the get-go and i i just wrote some uh some random stuff hey i got a i got a master's in electrical engineering i'm gonna be all right i'm gonna be fine and it's like they cut directly to welcome to baskin robbins um i read know. that uh michael pena actually based his character off of a friend of his that did do time in prison and actually does talk really fast like that i love like, it it, it was it. it was yeah he had inspiration um yeah there, there was stuff in there that was just awkward and also freaking hilarious i loved the uh the back and forth the brief back and forth between um the the former shield guy who was working with hydros mitchell Mitchell Carson was the character's name. And uh, he, he saw Pim and said, how's retirement? And Pim was, how's your face? After he had punched the crap out of him. Loved it. Like 30 um, years ago, right? Yeah. Y- yep. Uh, I liked when Scott told his his, uh, his ex-wife, your fiance is an ass hat. And then she said, she clapped back on the well, you got a crook. It's like, oh, my God. Uh, I love the, the ugly doll, the hideous doll that he gave his daughter. But she loved it. That was great. Um, again, that just kind of reinforced the, first of all, the ridiculous cuteness of that kid, but just the love that she had for her dad, despite, you know, the bad feelings that he had about missing the time with her. That was great. And and the love that he has for her, that he would know that she would like that exactly. thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. That was like a perfect They have this whole insider almost relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Um, I, I chuckled when... Uh, the first time he went small and Luis was dropping his pants to get in the shower. He's like, I don't want to see that. And then boom, he's gone. Uh, that was great. Um, I like this kind of struggle between uh, Hope wanting to wear the suit and her dad not wanting her to, uh, but her dad wants to also, but he can't. Um, one thing that did puzzle me, though, was Hank mentioned... He would like to wear the suit, but he can't because it's it's had an effect on him over time. It's taking a toll, right? Right. And then there's the scene when Cross 
is about to shoot Hank. And Hope jumps in and she says, that's not you. It's the particles affecting your brain chemistry. And then they, you know, the next stuff. Yeah. Happens. But nobody ever expresses concern for Scott. No, he's a, he's the, just expendable, right? Yeah, he's the expendable. I yeah, don't think the part, I, don't, I took that though as like the Hank's just old. I, I took it as like that's why Hank didn't want to put his daughter in the suit, right? Like he's he's willing to risk the life of this guy. Like, yeah, that kind of bothers me. Yeah, that kind of well, bothers me. You know, sure. <laughs> it's it, <laughs> let it bother you. That's fine. I I, um, I get it. Another thing that I thought was kind of messed up, but but uh, character appropriate was I was I was really tripping on why the hell is Cross shooting up this helicopter in flight with laser. First, he started with a gun, bam, 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 just shooting all over the place. And then he puts on the yellow jacket suit and is firing lasers through this thing. And, then and murdering everybody. Here. He's already far gone, right? I, I would start using that suit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I got that he was using the suit, but then I was going, that that's idiotic because he's killing everybody and he's in the cell. But then I realized later, number one, well, he's just a, a maniacal piece of crap. And he doesn't care. But number two, yeah. he could fly also. Yes, he can fly. Um, that didn't hit me at the time. I was thinking he's gonna kill himself. Oh, wait, he can fly and nobody else on the, the helicopter can, so he doesn't care. Um, I could go on, you know. I, I thought it was funny that uh when when the, the gang got involved in the situation with Pim and Louis said, Yeah, it's not too often you break into a place and then you get invited back. That just cracked me up. Um I, they're in the briefcase. I'm gonna disintegrate you, playing disintegration by the cure. Hilarious. Know, right that, that part was funny. funny i was hoping you would mention that yeah um, um by the way ricky i i forgot to mention that uh that that quote from edgar wright about uh watching your girlfriend have sex that was actually on while he was promoting uh baby driver which was the movie that came out after uh, uh after ant-man um so but yes the disintegration by the cure was a nice touch that was money that was um money. there was just a lot of there was a lot of fun little jokes in there, but I didn't feel like I didn't feel like they felt the need to like count how many jokes there were in the movie. They yeah. were just there was a lot of natural feeling ones that happened throughout the story. Yeah. Um, fun, weird fact. Uh, apparently on the day that they filmed the sequence of cross shrinking the lamb, uh, I, I guess when the crew broke for lunch, the caterer just so happened to serve lamb chops that day. Wow. And uh, oh. the cast and crew apparently said that was a really awkward meal. Um, so weird. I'd eat it. I mean, so would I. Lamb is delicious as hell. Uh, but I can you see know, how that would be weird to be working on the set with the animal wrangler and stuff. That, that is, Yeah, that had to know. be kind of strange. And that lamb was very cute. It was very um, cute. You know, one one thing that I did uh, find cool about this movie was I've I've heard people critical of Paul Rudd because I've heard people say he's a one trick pony. He's the same guy in every movie, but he I just think looks he's the he's, same in every movie. He definitely does that since he, since like ninety five when he started. But uh, I just think he's got a very kind of endearing personality that works. And here's a factoid, or a couple of factoids for you guys. Uh, Paul Rudd grew up in Kansas. Jason Coker grew up in Kansas. Paul Rudd, graduate of the University of Kansas and a Jayhawk. That's my alma mater, baby. And Paul Rudd voted sexiest man alive 
I, I was not. Anyway, next. <laughs> well, you still got time, right? I'm I mean, Paul Rudd was 82 when he got voted. True, man true that. True that. He's clearly made a deal with the devil. Man, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good looking fella. He has never changed the way he's looked no. in, in all the film. It's amazing. Ever since he started. It's so weird. Uh, I mean, uh, unless we count Clueless. At Clueless, he was clearly a young person in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a vampire. Since, what's that? He's a vampire. Yeah, he is a vampire. And yeah, I mean, there's that scene where he's got his shirt off and he's he's uh he's cleaning himself up after sparring with Hope. And he was he was pretty deep into his 40s, I think, yeah. when that movie was made. And he looked, I think he was probably way more ripped than he was in Clueless. I read point. that I read that they actually had to go and tailor the suit because he got a little bit more muscular than they had intended for him to get. Uh, so they had to so they softened the suit up to make it look less muscly because that's not quite what they were going for for Ant-Man, you know, like uh but uh he he just wanted to have a superhero body for that movie and go boy. Props to him, you know. Him and, him and Kumail, when they go, they go hard. Oh man. <laughs> for sure for sure uh but yeah no i i i love this movie i could i could talk about all the tiny little things that just entertained me about it through the whole time but it's a fun story it's definitely uh i definitely think i liked it more uh you know seeing it after all these years yeah and and comparing it to all the other marvel movies that we got you know i think at the time when it came out i was just like yeah, it's pretty good. It's funny. It's really funny and stuff like that. But I, I feel like it's no Iron Man. But I feel like now going back and watching it, I'm like, I think it's a better, it's a more, it, it's a more well-rounded movie than a lot of well, other Marvel I, movies. I think for Marvel, you know, up until this point, everything was getting bigger. Um, yeah. And this, I think, really showed them and showed on, and you know, showed them that you can make a smaller and cheaper movie but if done correctly can still have the same kind of punch i don't know if it was cheaper than a lot of marvel movies because there's a lot of crazy special effects going on in this movie but it was definitely a smaller scale as far as like set pieces you know what i mean like giant like giant battles and action sequences were maybe not as as important to this movie as let's do really weird miniaturization stuff you know because like the miniaturization stuff was really cool and it did make me feel like I was a kid again watching Honey I Shrunk the Kids or or some of those other movies, you know, that we movie cost 130 million. Oof. That's not cheap, man. That's not cheap. In comparison. What did Iron Man cost? Uh well that's pre. You want to pick a post movie. What do you, what do you mean? I'm just like saying. up until this point, Iron Man, let's see, let me pull up the list. First Iron Man. Iron Man cost 140. Whoa! Wow. There you go. So it's cheaper. Uh, Yeah, I mean by 10 million. But like I said, they're they're not going around and blowing up tanks and stuff in this movie. You know that was a real tank they used, by the way, in in the movie. That tank did get bigger. That tank was on loan from Mikhail Gorbachev, actually. From the pizza commercial? It's it's currently being used in Ukraine. (laughs) No, it was 
yeah, it was a weird thing, but he donated it to America as like to a museum, a military museum as like a show of good faith. And they're like, yeah, you want to use it in this anime movie? Because we don't give a shit. Wow. I think they foreshadowed that that scene because didn't didn't Scott pick that up when he first broke into the house? Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. the keys. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, cool. I think we got to wrap this up because we've been talking too long about Ant-Man and uh, I want to end this and uh, switch over to talk about whatever we want on the soapbox. So I got to say thanks to Coke and Ricky for nerding out with me today. Uh, I think we're going to be back next week to discuss some more superhero news. We are not going to be spoiling uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania next week because we want to give people time. Uh. I know that I know that breaks Ricky's heart. <laughs> Uh, but we will be back to talk about something else. I'm trying to convince him that we should watch Inner Space. Um, we'll see. We'll see if that's what we do. Uh, but yeah, thanks, Coke. Uh, if you got anything you want to plug or you want people to find you anywhere, let us know. Oh uh, no, man, I I I don't. I'm not uh, super active on social media or anything. But dude, sincere thanks for kind of putting this movie back on my radar. It was one of those that I you know don't really think about a lot. I might just randomly pick it up at some point if I'm feeling a Marvel marathon coming on, but I, I hadn't seen it in a while and I, it's a thoroughly enjoyable movie to watch again. Really, really, really good one. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I had a blast watching this one. Um, all right. Well, thanks to our patrons for supporting our growth and to our audience for tuning in. Uh, if you had fun, please remember to like and subscribe and check us out on Patreon for our after show, the soapbox starting moments from now. Um, I think that's it, Ricky. Uh, see you next time on Gen Excel, so your true believers. Enough said. Bye. Bye.